Hello world, I'm Rochelle Indra, a life coach here to teach you the shit they should have taught us in school but didn't. Our society has a vested interest in keeping you stuck and unhappy so that you will try to buy your way out of it. But that's where I come in. I'm here to teach you how to give them all the middle finger. Week by week, I'll share bite-sized strategies on tackling overwhelm, onboarding good habits, creating boundaries, and actionable steps to rewire your brain to actually work for you instead of against you. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Shit They Should Have Taught Us in School But Didn't. I am your fearless leader, Rochelle Indra, and welcome to this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And I did just want to do a quick shout out to say how much I do appreciate that you listen. Uh, Recently, a couple of people have been DMing me on Instagram and letting me know that they're listening to the podcast, that they're enjoying the podcast. That means the world to me. I know there are so many podcasts out there to listen to. So the fact that you take the time to listen to mine, thank you so much. I am just unbelievably grateful for you. And I just love when you let me know on social media that you're listening, what episodes you've liked, what episodes have really touched you. Uh, No need to tell me the episodes you hate. I am a person and um, I do get my feelings hurt. So that hasn't happened yet, but let's not start now, shall we? And also hit me up and let me know what you would like episodes on. I am more than happy to do an episode on what you would like to talk about. So definitely let's make that happen. On today's episode, we are going to talk about the phrase, I'm sorry. And this came up on a podcast. I was lucky enough to be asked to be a guest on a really wonderful podcast a couple of days ago. And we talked about this idea of I'm sorry, because it's a dating podcast. And I really realized that I wanted to go more in depth talking about this. And one of the things I get a lot on my lives on Instagram, and one of the things I get a lot in real life is people saying, can this person change? Can this person become the person that I need them to be, the person that I want them to be? And usually this is romantic relationships, not always, but I'm going to talk about this in the concept of romantic relationships. This person's sorry. They want to change. I haven't noticed any change. What do they need to do to change? How long should I wait for change? Can they change? And when somebody comes up to me and says, can this person change? It is a very, very hard question for me. Or will this person change? I love this person. This person loves me. Will they change? I think that's the easier one because those are two different answers. Can somebody change? Yes, always. Of course, it's what I do for a living. I help people change for a living. This is how I pay my mortgage, people. Yes, people can change. Will they change? No. Yeah. It gets real quiet. Somebody asked me, will this person change? Will my partner change? My answer is always no. And they look at me, understandably, like, uh, what? How, how can you say that? Well, because I'm a life coach and I do this for a living. Just as I know that people can change, I also know that mostly they will not. And that is for a myriad of reasons. So when somebody, when your partner says to you, I'm so sorry, I'll change. 
we accept that. Okay, great. I love them. I want to be that with them. I want this to work. We've got kids together or I don't want to be single. There's nobody else for me. I can't live without this person. All the reasons why we don't want this relationship to end. So we take them at their word. And I would say that part of the time they actually want to change and part of the time they don't. Let's just say 50-50. Do I have anything to back that up? Absolutely not. But when I look at my own life, when I look at situations with clients and with friends and family and all that, I would say about half the time somebody says, I'm sorry, I'll change. They really just want you to shut up. And I brought this up on the podcast and the women were like, uh, uh, what? And I'm like, Yeah, but it is a way of shutting somebody up to say, I'm sorry, I'll change, I'll do better, I'll be different is a way to get you to stop being mad at them. And they have no intention of changing. They just want to stop getting in trouble for it. And that is very painful to hear, but that happens often. And maybe you can even look at instances in your own life where you have done that. Yeah, no, I'll be better. When you don't really have intention of being better, or perhaps if you really thought about it, you would, but even in that moment, you are just so frustrated and upset and ashamed and don't want to be in trouble. And so you just say, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll do better. Okay, I'll change. Okay, I won't do that anymore. Or I will do that thing. And you look at it later and you know you can't, or maybe you never look at it later. You just want it to be over in that moment. That happens a lot. It's something we have to recognize. And we talked about this also in the podcast, this idea that just because you want somebody to change doesn't mean that they want to change, doesn't mean that they want to be any different because you want them to be different. And that's the problem is that in relationships, we want the relationship to work, but we need them to be a certain person in order for it to work in order for us to be happy. We're not willing to do our own work. We're not willing to accept people the way they are. So we just need them to change. And oftentimes they don't actually want to change. They don't have any interest in changing or they like who they are. They like how they're handling this. Or they think that you are wrong and there isn't actually a problem. But they say, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll change. Yeah, I'll work on that. Oof. Yeah. And then I think the other half of time, they do want to change. They absolutely want to be better. They, you guys have talked about this over and over. They see it as a problem. They understand the problem. They understand how they're failing. They understand what they're doing wrong. They just don't have the ability for change. And that is what I mean when I say people don't change. And it kills me to say it. And believe me, I am a buzzkill at parties because I... I'm a firm believer. People don't change. So if you're waiting for your partner to change just because they have decided they'll change, just because you have told them they need to change, they're not going to. And I know what you're thinking, but my great aunt Susie, but yes, of course, your great aunt Susie changed miraculously her entire personality, all the things that were wrong overnight, she changed. Yes, there are those one in a million stories, but Is that how you want to live your life, hoping that your partner is the one in the million story where they could just decide to change? And I'm not talking about the little things like starting to show up on time to pick you up from a date or getting to, you know, pick up your kids from school 
on time instead of five minutes late. I'm not talking about the little stuff. I'm talking about the big stuff, the real stuff, the stuff that's actually problems in our relationship. People don't change either because they don't want to or because they don't know how. And I will say, and I hope you guys notice in this podcast that I, I don't like the separation of men and women are different. We are all human. We all have feelings. We all have uh, loves and wants and desires and insecurities. And we are more the same as men and women than we are as different. So I really don't like to say, well, men do this, men do that, women do this, women do that. I think if anything, the reason we do those things is because we are stereotyped into them right? Boys play with trucks, girls play with dolls. Yeah, because we go to a store and we see that the girls section is pink and it's labeled that way. So the girls go that way and the boys go the other way, right? When you take all that shit out, kids play with the same toys. So I I think there are more similarities than differences. I think there are differences when it comes to this though, between men and women. I think women are more likely to change than men. Ooh, controversial. How bitchy of me to say that. But it's not anything about men's ability for change. It's about what society has done to men. We isolate men a hell of a lot more than we do women. We societally accept women in groups and gaggles and girls are social and have tons of friends and we can't even go to the bathroom alone. We take girls with us and we've got seven best friends and we do girl trips and we're allowed to talk to our female friends about our problems. We definitely talk to our female friends about our problems and we get their thoughts and their inputs and often not just one, we're talking to two, three, four, seven women and getting perspectives and ideas and and talking through our stuff and being able to call each other out on our issues as women in strong, significant relationships. I hope you have one of those. I hope you, male or female or non-binary, I hope you have a friendship that is so grounded and so solid that that partner in that friendship is allowed to call you out on ways that you may be screwing up, ways that you may be not looking at something the right way. We do this for women, we do not allow that for men. I was just watching a stand-up comedy thing about how this woman's like, when I send my husband out to play with his friends, I always make him ask two follow-up questions. He needs to like ask this first question, like, hey, how are you? And then like ask two follow-up questions because men tend to stay on the surface level with their guy friends. Eh, they bond over sports. Because they're bonding over community. They're bonding over shared interests. And we do not give men the permission to have deep, loving, emotional, communicative relationships in general, let alone relationships with other men. This is why we often become the therapist to our male partners. Because we don't give them access to be allowed to share in other places. 
if we're even lucky enough that they share their thoughts and desires with us, first we have to start with giving men the tools and the words to use. I mean, I work with lots of men. I That is my secret love is working with men because I'm so proud of them for even reaching out for help and for support because we don't allow that for men. How many men will not go to therapy? because they see it as a sign of weakness or because they just don't know how to talk about their feelings and their emotions. And that is not, oh, men are bad at talking about feelings. Fuck you. No, it's not. It's society that has told men to be strong and silent and just put your head down and get shit done. Don't cry. Don't talk about your emotions. So we don't teach them how to do it. So, when I have clients that say, you know, will my male partner change? No. No. Because we in society have not given him the tools. We have not given him the tools to talk about his feelings, to even understand his feelings. And we have not allowed him sounding boards. We have not made it socially acceptable for him to go to coaching or for him to go to therapy or for him to talk to his friends about it. Man, I can't tell you how many relationships I've been in where I've really encouraged the men I've dated to be open and honest and communicative with the men in their life. And they are fucking terrified to do it, of how it will look. And some of their male friends can do it and be responsive in that way, and some can't. And I just champion and love, oh, I just love seeing male friendships where they talk about their problems, they talk about their feelings. Man, the more you can encourage that in the lives of the men you have in your life, my God, you are doing a service. If you can teach your sons to talk about their emotions, they are going to be happier in their life, in their romantic relationships, but also in their friendships. They will seek out, once they know how to communicate and talk about their feelings, they will seek out other men to be friends with who also do this. And then they will have this beautiful sounding board. And they will be able to communicate better their wants and feelings and needs in relationships because they will know how to communicate and, and even in jobs, right? Communicate what they want or what they need in a job situation. So if you can do this with your sons, if you can do this with your nephews, if you can do this with the young men in your life, and if you can do this in your relationships. Yeah, how many men have I been with where I'm like, well, taught you how to communicate. Oh, you're leaving. Okay, bye now. Well, next girl's going to be pretty fucking lucky to have you because I really helped you open up in that way. So, you know. Oh, I don't need to donate to charity. I'm fucking doing it in my relationships. Why am I single? This is so confusing. <laughs> but I digress. We don't give men ways to change. So when a man in your life says, I will change, I'm so sorry, I'll change. I'm so sorry, I will work on that. The And really for the women as well, if you date women, we have to ask this of everybody. When somebody says, oh, I'm so sorry, I'll change, I'll work on that. We need to ask them how. How will you change? How will you work on that? What can I expect? Don't stay in these relationships where time and time again, you are asking for your needs to be met. You're asking for change and the person isn't doing it. And you're just accepting, I'm sorry, I'll work on it as gospel, as the truth. Like I said, half the time they may not want to. 
but they may really, really want to. They just don't have the tools. And I do this in my relationships. Are you going to change? Cool. How? What is it going to look like? What are you going to do to change? Like, let's just say something uh, silly. Actually, I'm a time freak, so it's not silly to me, but it's something small, like showing up to dates on time. Guys, I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm not, and I do this. I'm like, yeah, no, you get like one time of being late for a date. And that is, that is it. After that, like, no, I don't do late. I find it incredibly disrespectful. So guys like, oh yeah, no, I'm so sorry. I'm going to be better about that. Cool. How? What? How? How are you going to be better about that? What are you going to do to be better? I'm just going to be better about that. Mm, No, that's not an answer. What are the steps you're going to take? Well, I only give myself 45 minutes to get ready, but clearly I need to give myself more time or I need to start showering sooner or I need to uh, set an alarm on my phone for when I need to be leaving the house to come to you. I need to text you the exact time I'm leaving my house. I need to, whatever the steps are, whatever the steps are, that is what you deserve. When somebody says, I'm sorry, I will change. You deserve to know how. And with the big stuff, it's not that easy. And it is not that easy to change, which is why I say, no, the person in your life won't change because the likelihood of them changing, of them knowing how to change, even if they desperately want to, are so small. And they probably, for the big stuff, are not going to figure it out on their own. For them to be able to uh, work on their anger, work on their procrastination, be more involved with the children, find a job since they never have that, have a job, talk to you more about their emotions, be more present in the relationship. These may not be something that they even can comprehend tools for. They need help. So when I'm with a partner and it is something big that they need to change and they're aware they need to change it, and I say how, I'm expecting to hear I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to get a coach. I'm going to read these books. I'm going to listen to these podcasts. I'm going to do my inner child work. I'm going to do this work to look at my relationship with my parents. I'm going to really sit and think about how this has affected me in past relationships. Where have other people had issue with this? Where have other people complained about this? That is what it is to be sorry. Sometimes we're just sorry and we're not going to change. Or we're sorry that we didn't do anything wrong, but we're sorry you got hurt. That's not what we're talking about. When they are sorry and want to change or promise to change, most people cannot change by themselves. And you are not a therapist. You are not a life coach. This is not your job. By the way, I am a life coach and it is not my job to coach my partner through his change and his progress. That's not on me. I'm off the clock. And I'm not going to be the best at doing it with a partner anyways because I have a vested interest in the change, right? I have triggers. I have issues. They need to go somewhere else for that. I don't coach my partners, right? I'm not a therapist. You're not a therapist. You can't do this deep work with them. You can support them. You can listen. You can love them through it. But for the big stuff, they need 
outside counsel, outside help, outside support. And I know that coaches are expensive. I know that not every, you know, healthcare insurance offers therapy, but there are books, there are podcasts, there is free therapy. There is ways to get help. Somebody says, oh, you know, I love my partner. We're thinking about getting married. Do you have any, um, you know, any advice? Yeah. Don't marry somebody who won't go to therapy. Don't marry somebody who is unwilling to go to therapy. You are fucked before you start. Every goddamn time. There will be times in your relationship where you will not be able to figure this out between the two of you. There will be. And you say, no, that's not true. I've been married 40 years. We haven't had that. Mm, Did somebody overcompromise? Yes. Yes, they did. Somebody overcompromised in order to make that work. That's not fair. You need outside help and support. Unless you're coming to me and being like, oh, well, we got together. We had both been through tons of therapy and we learned all these tools. And yeah, sure. Absolutely. When I date a guy who's been divorced and been through his therapy and done his work, sure, that is easier. But for the average person who's listening to this, who hasn't been through therapy, who hasn't done their work, there will come times in your relationship where you will need outside support. And maybe that's going on a couple's retreat together to learn tools. Maybe that's buying books together. It doesn't necessarily have to be therapy, but buying books together that you guys read together or listen to together. I remember when I was married, my husband and I went on a vacation and we listened to some couples uh, therapy books together that were really helpful because we could pause it and talk about it. And how does this relate to you? And how does this relate to me? Those are not the reasons we're divorced, but we listened to podcasts and we did routinely did the work together and separate on that. That is my expectation of relationships. Sure. That one still didn't work out, but it wasn't because of those things. It lasted longer because of those things. We're both better. I'm sure in other relationships because of those things and that work. And I'm not always saying that everybody is going to have to do it at therapy in their relationship at some point, but you need someone who's willing. And it is so hard for me when I get a client who comes to me and they're wanting to do all this couples work and I'm going, "Mm, you can't do couples work by yourself. Why are you coming to me? Why are you not guys going to couples therapy? He won't go. She won't go. And man, that is so hard for me because I'm like, you are not heading to a place where you're going to get resolution. And I know I'm being really harsh on this episode, but I think sometimes we need that slap across the face to wake us up. You have bigger problems if your partner is unwilling to go to therapy. They're unwilling to do what it takes to make this relationship work, to make it happy and healthy, to really be able to hear you and understand you. I've had partners that are unhappy with things that I'm doing that I can't see. I Or I get really defensive or I go to shame or I... I I can't change it, right? I've been there. And so we need to go to therapy so that another person can help to explain the problem that this partner is having with me that I either can't see or don't see as a problem or I'm too ashamed to look at and try to fix it. You need to be in partnership with somebody who is willing to do the work. And I get that therapy can be scary. I get that it can be hard. I get that it can be overwhelming. But what are you willing to do to make this relationship work, to be the healthiest you can be for your partner. 
And I can't tell you how many times I come across in my personal life or in coaching where they're in couples therapy when really it's just one person needs to be in therapy, but they're unwilling to go. So now they're stuck in couples therapy, which is way more expensive, by the way, when it's really that one person that needs the therapy, but they won't go to individual therapy. They'll only go to couples. And I also say this from personal experience. I have been in those relationships where the person just really needs therapy but he's unwilling to go, but he will go to couples therapy. And I realize he's willing to go to couples therapy because he wants to be able to blame a lot of this on me that really truly isn't me. And the therapist comes back and is like, yeah, this is not Rochelle. I don't know why we're in couples therapy other than for her to be able to listen to you doing your work in your process. Be with somebody who's willing to go to therapy. And the next time your partner says, sorry, ask them, What are you sorry for? And what are you willing to do to change it? What can I expect? And by the way, how quickly can I expect it? Right? How how quickly can I expect the change to happen? Because I think that's the other problem is that someone says, I'm going to work on it. And we're like, what does that mean? I said to my clients all the time, okay, so your partner says they're going to work on it. What does that mean? I don't know. What does that look like? I don't know. Right, of course, because they didn't give you specifics. What what should you be able to use to quantify it? Quantify it, qualify it. I'm never very good at which one is which. But what is it that you will be able to marketably see as a difference? And when will it be not, I mean, fixed is quite the loaded word, but when will I not be able to notice it anymore? How long do you think this will take to work on? And when should I be able to measurably see a difference? These are questions you have a right to ask that you need to be asking in your relationships because I'm sorry I'll change, not good enough. And they won't. They won't. Not unless they're willing to get the help or do the actual work. And you deserve to know what that is. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope this was helpful. And if it was, then please, 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 I would love a review. It helps me so much and it helps other people find this. If this was not helpful at all and you didn't enjoy it all, well, you should probably go wash your hair. Do that instead of leaving a review. Thank you, guys. See you next week. A woman told me recently that she hasn't joined the Sisterhood Group Coaching, even though she's wanted to, because she has a hard time putting herself first. And that broke my heart because I know that feeling. I know the feeling of putting everybody else's needs first, what everybody else wants. And it can feel like it's a luxury to put ourselves first, to take time away from everybody else and what they need from us to put ourselves first and put ourselves in a supportive community of other women doing the same thing. It feels like we just shouldn't allow this for ourselves. It would say something negative about us. And that is not true. That is the patriarchy. That is the society that says work, work, work as a woman, do everything for everybody else and never stop and think about yourself. That is bullshit. And then she finally put herself first and she joined the sisterhood and she said, I can't believe it took me this long to do it because it's so great to be in community with other women who just support me for existing, just support me for doing the best I can every day. And knowing that I have this group of women around the world supporting me means everything to me. And 
oh my God, I cried. She cried. We all cried. It was so beautiful and special. And that is what I'm making here. That is what the group coaching is. And if you are like that, I challenge you, whether it is my group or some other group or some other community, to finally put yourself first because you absolutely deserve it. And it is the only the patriarchy that tells you you don't.